Welcome to the Mariners Cast, presented to you by Sports Ethos, your place for worldwide sports coverage. I'm your host, Tino Ganasius. You can find me on Twitter at Tino Junior Twenty and the podcast at Ethos Mariners. It is July 10th, about midday. The Mariners are now 62 and 52. On today's Mariners Cast, we will go over the standings where they sit. With regards to the playoff race, it is an off day for the Mariners today. They can pick up some ground on other teams potentially. Uh, So we'll recap yesterday's win against the San Diego Padres 6-1. We'll talk playoff race. We will dig deeper into Emerson Hancock's first start. It was a successful one despite the fact that he did not pick up the W. Uh, We will do a deep dive into the season that Cal Raleigh is having. Uh, He did have the pivotal hit in this game, so I thought we would dive a little deeper into his numbers. And then uh, preview tomorrow's Mariners cast, which will be a preview of the uh, weekend series against the American League East first place Baltimore Orioles. So Mariners are 62 and 52, five and a half games out of the American League West behind Texas. Only two games out of the third wild card spot have a plus 54 run differential, are nine and one in the last 10 games, winners of seven straight and 12 of their last 14. The Mariners are the hottest team in baseball. Uh, they're playing a phenomenal brand of baseball right now. They are being carried uh, 100% by their uh, pitching and are starting to get some timely hitting that they weren't getting earlier in the season. So this game, Mariners won 6-1. Mariners only surrendered four hits in this game to the Padres. Uh, Emerson Hancock was on the mound for his Major League debut. He was facing Yu Darvish. Uh, was going to be a good matchup. Uh, Darvish pitched very well. Believe it or not, Yu Darvish threw eight different pitches. According to Baseball Savant in this game, uh, he went six innings, six hits, one run. It was not earned. Two walks, four strikeouts. He came out after 89 pitches. Um, but really the story was the debut of Emerson Hancock and timely pitching by the or timely hitting by the Mariners at the end of the game. The other, uh, I guess, result of this game is that there is a possible concussion for J.P. Crawford. He and uh, Eugenio Suarez we're both going for a slow roller uh, in the hole between short and third. Uh, Suarez ended up hitting Crawford, making the play, but Crawford was stood there a little bit woozy. He stayed in the game. Uh, after the game, they said they were going to assess whether he was concussed or not. This obviously would not go over well in football as uh, if there's suspicion of concussion at all, players are supposed to immediately come out of the game. I do wonder if the Mariners will get disciplined for this at all. Uh, hoping JP does not have a concussion, hoping he's able to uh, be in the lineup on Friday, but we will see, keep an eye on that. Uh, offensively, Eugenio Suarez was two for four. His average is up to 232. Um, but between uh, the elite defense he's playing and some of the, the clutch hitting that he's shown over the last month and a half or so, um, he's very much an asset for the Mariners as of right now. Uh, The team was carried by Kyle Raleigh offensively. He went two for four with a run and two RBIs. 
and a big two-run home run uh, in the eighth inning off of uh, reliever Padres reliever Steve Wilson. Uh, this home run, we will go over in a minute, but it's 450 feet and uh, super dramatic. Ty France, two for three with a double and an RBI and a run. And uh, Cade Marlowe, two for three with two runs, an, a walk and an RBI. Uh, on the bad side, Julio went 0 for 4. He did have a walk and a run. Um, and I wonder how long the leash is going to be for Josh Rojas. He is now 0 for 19 as a Mariner. He struck out five times. In this game, he went 0 for 4. Uh, and I just don't, I don't see the value in running, continuing to run him out there. Uh, it reminds me of, you know, running out Colton Wong. And if you were going to run out Colton Wong and let him continue to hit, why are you going to do the same for, uh, for, for Josh Rojas? It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I don't know if 19 at bats is enough to be able to evaluate him, but I don't know. It's gross at this point. He did have one hard hit ball, 100 mile an hour line out to uh, Fernando Tatis. Was a bit unlucky, but only a 430 XBA on that, uh, even even though that looked like a probably the hardest hit ball he's had for the Mariners. Um, I'm not a believer. I wasn't at the trade uh, deadline. I still am not. In some ways, uh, I, I like the upside of Colton Wong more, believe it or not. But I do think it's almost time for the Mariners to give uh, someone else a shot to play second base. I don't think it's Caballero or uh, Dylan Moore against right-handers. It might be Ryan Bliss. Um, I don't know if you want to throw him in uh, down the stretch, but Rojas is not proving out to be a good acquisition thus far. Again, 0 for 19 as a Mariner. Um so specifically in this game, uh, San Diego took the lead one nothing. It was off of a uh, Ha Sung Kim walk, some stolen bases, a ground out, kind of a manufactured run. The Mariners scored in the third uh, off of a uh, J.P. Crawford sack fly that scored uh, Cade Marlowe. And the game remained 1-1 until the uh, bottom of the eighth, which is where Cal Raleigh hit that two-run home run. Uh, it was off of reliever Stephen Wilson. Four of the seven pitches that Cal Raleigh saw were sweepers. I say it time and again. I think when you repeat the same pitch, no matter how quality that pitch is, unless you're Mariano Rivera's cutter, if you repeat the same pitch to a hitter, eventually they're going to time it up, and eventually they're going to see it out of your hand. So this pitch sequence was changeup, sweeper, forcing fastball, sweeper, forcing fastball, sweeper, and then another sweeper that uh, Raleigh hit out. All of the sweepers that he threw were also at the same eye level. They were kind of from uh, really from top of the knee up to just below the belt. And so if you see that bend and you see that release, and the ball bend outward first and come back in, and you can count on it being at the same kind of swing path, that's a huge advantage for the hitter. And at this point in time, Cal Raleigh had seen four of them, uh, or three of them before he hit the homer, and I was shocked to see another sweeper. But he hit it 450 feet. 
37 degree launch angle. It was a majestic shot, uh, a 1000 XBA. So that is a home run everywhere. Uh, super fun, just a, a monumental blast. And this gave the Mariners the lead in the bottom of the eighth. Uh, Cal Raleigh's clutch. We all know that in um, clinching the playoff berth. But he continues to come through for the Mariners. And yet again in this game, he did. Uh, we will dig deeper into his season at the end of the podcast. Uh, but for now, he started off the rally in the eighth. Uh, the Mariners were now up 3-1. Tail Hernandez was hit on the next pitch, actually in the front of his helmet, which was very scary. He went down. Uh Dominic Canzone came in uh, and hit for Jose Caballero. He grounded out to the pitcher in a fielder's choice. Then Ty France doubled to drive in Teo. Padres brought in left-handed relief pitcher Tom Cosgrove, who's actually been really effective this year. And Cade Marlowe, lefty on lefty, singled, uh, driving in Ty France. I can't say enough about Cade Marlowe so far this season. If he indeed can hit left-handers as well, He's going to be a huge asset for the Mariners at the end of this year and 2024. I think he makes the team if he can hit lefties as well. And so far, he's proven that he can. Uh, and then Dylan Moore ended up singling to center, scoring uh, Cade Marlowe. So Mariners go up 6-1 at this point in time and uh, cruise to win 6-1. Great win for the Mariners. Lots of drama up until the bottom of the eighth. Uh, and then Cal Raleigh just busted it open. Fun game. The story of this game was Cal, but it was also uh, the debut of Emerson Hancock. Again, he was the number six pitch or number six pick overall in the 2020 draft out of uh, Georgia. He's now 24 years old. Um, he had a shoulder issue in 21, uh, a lat right lat issue in 22. Uh, did not pitch a ton in the minor leagues. Uh, and was successful in the minors, but not the phenom that you would expect from a number six overall pick. Uh, a little different than the other Mariners uh, young pitchers in that he doesn't have that dynamic four-seam fastball uh, that the others do. You know, Kirby, it's 98 and can locate, can touch 98 and can locate it anywhere he wants. Uh, Logan Gilbert, it's that elite extension. Fastball was more elite when he first came up, but that elite extension, the ability to put it at the top of the zone, makes Logan Gilbert's fastball um, very good when it's on. We all know about Bryce Miller's fastball. He throws it all the time. He has elite spin, almost a Spencer Strider fastball, minus a couple miles an hour. And then Brian Wu also has that elite four-seamer. So Hancock doesn't have it. Only one of Emerson Hancock's pitches of his 87 in his five innings registered as a four-seamer. Every other pitch above 90 miles an hour registered as a sinker. We all know that his uh, fastball has a ton of run and that it functions a lot like a two-seamer. And, and in fact, according to uh, StatCast, it translated as a sinker. He threw 18 cutters, which uh, scouts classified as a very tight slider. So it's interesting that that StatCast is picking up his what was considered his four-seam fastball or his fastball and his 
slider as sinker cutter. And then 15 changeups, which again, I consider to be his best pitch and uh, two sliders and one four seamer. The sinker, he averaged 93.1 miles an hour. Uh, He got eight whiffs on 28 swings for a 29% whiff rate on the sinker, highest whiff rate pitch, almost 30%. On the cutter, he was throwing that at 87. Uh, He got two whiffs on 10 swings. His changeup was registering at 84, and he got uh, one whiff on seven swings off of that pitch. So 11 whiffs on 45 swings overall for a 24% whiff rate. That is right at league average. Um, but in watching this game, you know, in the first inning he had, he really did lack command. Uh, and it was a little bit scary. So he walked Hassan Kim as uh, the first batter of the game. And then three of the pitches that he threw, his three pitches that he threw to Juan Soto were in the middle of the plate. Uh, they were, they were not middle, middle. Uh, one was high. One was slightly middle, middle. And the other one was just above that one. But so he got lucky. Uh, Juan Soto ended up grounding out to, uh, to, to Hancock. Got lucky with Soto in that his pitches were in the middle. I don't, I think Soto was so patient though that he probably wanted to see pitches from, Hancock before swinging. And then the uh, he threw a sinker bottom rail to Manny Machado and then a slider that was um, in the middle of the plate about outside rail and where Machado flew out to center field. So walking Kim, three pitches in the middle of the plate to Soto, uh, a couple of pitches that are hittable to Machado. He got lucky in the first. It might have been nerves. I Sure it was, but he really did uh, kind of settle down and started to fill up the zone. And with a number of the batters, you saw that painting of the outside frame of the strike zone in the way you see from, you know, similar to Kirby and, and Gilbert at times. And it was clear just by looking at the visual of where Emerson Hancock was was locating his pitches that at minimum – he has very good control, and I think the command is there. It may wane in and out, start to start, but he filled up the zone. And the pitch that I love the most from Hancock outside of the changeup is that sinker that's really uh, boring in on right-handed hitters. It gave Fernando Tatis fits. Tatis did not know what to do with that pitch. Um, he struck out on one that was way inside. I think it was looking like a fastball um, that was going to catch the plate to Tatis, and it ended up just boring way inside. Uh, it is similar to what George Kirby does with his sinker. If in terms of uh, jamming right-handed hitters, you see that's kind of the trend in baseball right now is to see right-handed um, starters throwing high sinkers to right-handed hitters, trying to jam them. You see other teams doing it to Julio a ton. But if Hancock can locate that pitch up, uh, which he didn't do in previous seasons, but he started to do this season in the minor leagues, that is going to be a dynamite pitch for him. I don't care that it's 93 miles an hour. It is a pitch that is really hard for a right-hander to deal with. Now, the problem with that pitch is you miss 
slightly to uh, the left. And now you're talking about a pitch that's catching the middle of the zone that a right-hander can pull his hands in and hit for power. Or, even worse, that goes from outside to middle of the plate. And so he has to be very fine with his control with that pitch. Very, very fine with it. Because it's not 98. It's not 95. You know, Brian Wu's throwing this pitch 96. George Kirby's throwing this pitch 95, 96. Emerson Hancock is throwing it 93. So... He's got to be pretty fine with his control on this sinker, but I loved it. I thought it looked great. I think it gave right-handers a ton of problems. Um, he did throw, uh, he threw more sinkers to righties. He threw twice as many cutters to lefties. So he's obviously trying to jam lefties with that cutter for the most part, unless you're trying to backdoor. And then a mix of change-ups to both. He so that cutter against lefties again, it's a fine line between jamming someone and having it kind of uh go into the bat, right? And so I just I think that the more fine command that Emerson Hancock has, the more effective he's going to be. But I do think because of his need to be so fine with his command. Uh, we are going to see some stinkers from him, to be quite frank. I think there's opportunities for hitters with Hancock if you can wait out his um, – you wait for the pitches where he misses his location. He's going to give up some home runs. And he's definitely going to need a pitch other than the cutter to combat lefties. But that said, whiff rate, league average, very effective sinker. Um, a line of five innings, two hits, one run, three walks, three strikeouts, 87 pitches. I liked it. I think, you know, getting five or six effective innings from Emerson Hancock uh, from now forward is going to be what the Mariners can expect. Um, he looks long-term like a number four starter to me. I think in this rotation, he might be a number five because of the quality but he's an asset. He looked good. Um, he made a play where he dove for a ground ball, kind of knocked it away off his, on his knees, was able to grab it and uh, underhand it or kind of sidearm it over to Ty France for the out. I love the effort there. There was some intensity. Um, I liked him. He was a fun pitcher for me to watch. I also like the fact that he does give opposing hitters a little different look than any other Mariners starter. Um, because he throws from such a low arm slot and because he is so sinker heavy, uh, I think that's a good thing that he gives a different perspective or a different look to opposing teams. So again, he looked like a four or five to me in this rotation. Um, if he continues to pitch this way, maybe he gets traded in the offseason for a bat. Um, it wouldn't surprise me either because I think on another team that wasn't as deep in starting pitching, he would be a much bigger asset to them. Uh, but I enjoyed it. He, to me, along with Cal Raleigh, were the stars. Uh, super fun to watch. Look forward to his starts moving forward. Jerry DePoto did say uh, this morning that the plan before Brian Wu went on the injured list was to have a six-man rotation leading up to September and for Hancock to take some of those starts. So 
I would expect that when Brian Wu comes off of the injured list, if he indeed does, uh, once he serves at his time there, for the Mariners to go to a six-man, be able to allow their starters to rest up a little bit more heading into the stre- uh, stretch run in September and hopefully into the playoffs. So, again, super fun start from Hancock. 24% whiff rate, five innings, three hits, one run, three walks, three Ks against a very tough uh, San Diego Padres lineup. There are some tough at-bats, some tough hitters, right? Awesome Kim has had a great year. Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis Jr., Manny Machado, uh, Xander Bogertz, even Jake Cronenworth is not an easy at-bat, right? Luis Campusano is a top 100 prospect. There's This was impressive to me. Um, I know it didn't look great all the time, and he didn't strike out a ton of guys. I don't think that's who he is, but I really enjoyed this start from him. So the last uh, thing we'll cover on today's Mariners cast is Cal Raleigh. He hit that clutch two-run home run in the eighth. Um, Obviously, he had the big home run to send the Mariners to the playoffs last season. Uh, we Mariners fans have been waiting for him to come up for a couple of years. He's now 26 years old. For those who don't know, switch hitting catcher was uh, a third round pick by the Mariners in 2018 out of Florida State University or Free Shoes University for the those that were around for the Peter Warwick years. Uh, grew up in North Carolina. He will be arbitration eligible in 2025 and will be a free agent in 2028. I think Cal Raleigh is one of the best catchers in the major leagues. And I think Cal Raleigh is a vastly underrated player, both nationally and by Mariners fans. So this season, he's hitting 227, 311 on base percentage, 448 slug for a 759 OPS. That is pretty much who I think Cal Raleigh is. Um, as a hitter, I don't know if there's much room for like upside. Last year it was 211 with a 489 slug and a 774 OPS with 27 home runs. So a little lower average, a little lower on base percentage, a little better slug last year, more home runs. But really what he is is a, is a, you know, sub 240 hitter who's going to hit between, you know, kind of mid-20s home runs. But he's also a very good defender, and he takes a walk. So 19 home runs, 53 runs, 49 RBIs, 10.5% walk rate, 27% K rate, 14% swinging strike rate. Hits a ton of fly balls. His ground ball percentage is only 35%, and he pulls the ball 52% of the time. So a pull fly ball hitter, which is what you were looking for from a power hitter, um, hits righties a lot better than lefties. That's part of the reason why the Mariners uh, value Tom Murphy so much. Lefty against righties, he's hitting 232 with a 781 OPS. Against lefties, 204, 204 with a 616 OPS. Uh, 82nd percentile in barrel, 44th percentile in speed, and a 79th percentile framing, which um, has added to his defensive value. Batted ball similarities. Again, pull power hitters, Mitch Garver, MJ Melendez, Spencer Torkelson, Willie Adamas, and 2022 Byron Buxton. Those are all 
low 200s average pull fly ball hitters that hit for power. Um, But what I really wanted to address with Cal Raleigh is that he has a he has a 113 WRC plus, so a 13% better than league average uh, with regards to weighted weighted runs created. So above average offensive catcher or above average offense and catcher, as we know, is a not is a position where it's below average major league hitting. But he's second on the team in offense. Offensively, he's second on the team in Fangraph's war. Excuse me. Second on the team amongst Mariner hitters. So that includes offense and defense behind Julio Rodriguez. Cal Raleigh is 2.9 Fangraph's war. Julio Rodriguez, 3.7. Fourth overall on the team, George Kirby is 3.2. Logan Gilbert's 3.0. But amongst qualified catchers, those catchers that qualify for the batting title, he's fourth. All major leagues. Jonah Heim, Texas catcher, three, three and a half war. Will Smith, Los Angeles Dodgers catcher, three and a half war. William Contreras, the Milwaukee Brewers catcher, 3.4 war. But Adley Rutschman and Cal Raleigh are tied for fourth at 2.9. The next catcher qualified is Wilson Contreras at 1.7. And then the only change, if you take the qualified, the qualifying for a batting title away, is Sean Murphy moves to the top at 3.8 war, which still ranks Cal Raleigh tied for fifth in Fangraph's war in Major League Baseball. That's huge. That is a huge advantage over other teams if you're going position for position. Cal Raleigh is essentially, what that's saying is he's essentially a four, almost four and a half war player this season. In the American League, he's tied for second in Fangraph's war. And defensively, he's ninth in baseball amongst all catchers, qualified or not, in Fangraph's war. So defensive Fangraph's war. So what I'm saying is, according to Fangraph's, if you believe in wins above replacement, Cal Raleigh is a top five catcher. Top five, top six catcher. That's huge. And I think we, as folks who take in every Mariners game or Mariners fans sleep on Cal Raleigh a little bit. We like to talk about Cal Raleigh and he's more, he's almost more of a folk hero than he is, I think, taken for what he um, provides. And what he provides is huge. His, um, his salary is going to go up in 25. I would not be surprised, especially if the Mariners have a successful run this season to see them offer um, between now and his arbitration year in 25, offer him a contract, buying out a few years of free agency. But he's a super valuable player. Um, I know Mariners fans have come to love him. But when you dig into his numbers more, specifically when you compare him to other catchers in baseball, the Mariners are sitting on a top five catcher. And, you know, Jonah Heim was a bit of a revelation this year for the Rangers. William Contreras was not a top prospect for the Braves when he came up and was traded in the Asturi Ruiz, Sean Murphy deal. So um, while he's valued, I don't know if he's valued as, as highly as a four, four and a half war catcher. Obviously Adley Rutschman is probably the best catcher in baseball, but 
Cal Raleigh's right behind. So just be aware, enjoy what enjoy what we have as as folks watching the Mariners day to day. I even think he's starting to improve a bit as a right-handed hitter against left-handed pitching. But Cal Raleigh's great. Cal Raleigh's great, and if you just take him for what it what he is, which is a power hitting catcher who plays very good defense, um, he's perfect, and he's a lot of fun. So again, that's the deep dive on Cal Raleigh. Both he and Emerson Hancock were the stars of the Mariners' six-one victory over the San Diego Padres. Obviously, this is a series win. They took both games of this series. Uh, Baltimore will travel to Seattle for uh, games against the Mariners uh, coming up this weekend. This should be a very fun series uh, between the Orioles and the Mariners. That game starts at 7-10 Pacific time. The Orioles are playing right now, so they're playing an afternoon game, have to hop a flight all the way across the country. Typically, teams are at a disadvantage in those games. The Orioles have a very good offense. They're a young team. We will preview them tomorrow. Pitching matchup tomorrow is Kyle Gibson, right-handed starter, sinker slider. Actually, uh, who was it? I don't remember if it was Joe Doyle or someone like that comped uh, Emerson Hancock to Kyle Gibson, and people got mad, but I think that was an apt comp. Sinker slider. He he goes against Luis Castillo. Uh, the Orioles have not uh, put forth their starter for Saturday. George Kirby will go for the Seattle Mariners on Saturday. And then Sunday will be Kyle Bradish against Bryce Miller. So Mariners stand to have the pitching advantage in all three games. Um, again, they keep climbing the standings. This is a lot of fun. 10 games over 500, 112 of 14, seven in a row, nine of the last 10. It's fun to ride this wave. Um, it's a wave of pitching and clutch hitting. Uh, enjoy the night off. Let the blood pressure uh, settle a little bit. And get settled in for Friday night's game. We will be back tomorrow with Friday's Mariners cast to preview the series against the Baltimore Orioles. Thank you for listening to today's Mariners cast. Again, we are presented by Sports Ethos. You can find me on Twitter at Tino Junior 20. That's T I N O J R 20 in the podcast at Ethos Mariners. E T H O S M A R I N E R S. Take care, y'all. Mariners are 10 games over. Mariners are two games out of wild card. Celebrate. Enjoy. Peace.